Welcome, everybody, to the Jefferson County Podcast for the People. I'm your host today, Helen Hayes. I'm the Director of Public Information for Jefferson County. And with us today, we have Melinda Parker, who is our Director of Finance. We have Mercy Aubert, who is our HR Division Manager. We have Karen McGlone, who is a Benefits Advisor. And we have Valerie Mealy, who is in our recruiting office. And today, we are going to talk about a special event that we're having for our veterans here at Jefferson County. And uh, Melinda is one of our veterans that works here at Jefferson County. So we're going to talk a little bit about the event. And then we're going to talk a, a little bit about the service and maybe how it feels to retire from service. So ladies, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having, thank you for having us. Thank you. All right. And we're heading into fall. We're heading into Veterans Day. Uh, and, you know, our our city and the county has one of the largest veterans celebrations um, that the country sees every year. It's an important time for us here. So we're having an event for our veterans. Va- Valerie, tell us about the event coming up and why are veterans so special to Jefferson County? Very good. Thank you, Helen. So on Thursday, November 9th, 2023, we will be having our annual Veterans Educational Resource Fair for all of our Jefferson County employees. And it will be held in the courthouse, uh, the Jefferson County Courthouse, on the ninth floor from 1 to 3 p.m. This event is where we provide our military veterans who work for Jefferson County resource information to become a ready vet, meaning we are mirroring what we used to do in the military. So while serving in the military, veterans always had to stay ready for deployment or any type of changes, you know, expecting their orders or getting deployed to Afghanistan or whatever, Israel now. But we want to mirror that. We want to provide our veterans with information so they can stay ready and be ready for the life changes after the military. So example of some of the resources that will be available, we'll have someone there to talk about living wills. We'll have someone, a representative there to navigate uh, the process at the VA, at the VA hospital. So those are some of the resources that we're going to have available. Now our veterans at Jefferson County are special to us because they bring a certain set of skill sets with them. They bring leadership because the military trains the veterans to accept and execute responsibilities for their tasks and for their own behavior. Teamwork, the camaraderie is a critical part of the military experience and they bring that to Jefferson County with them. Our veterans have a strong work ethic. They have core values. They have the ability and have been trained to handle stressful situations. They have autonomy, meaning they are self-directed and motivated. And one of the most important ones to me is that they come from a diverse and inclusive organization, the military, and we are making Jefferson County diverse and inclusive. Well, thank you, Valerie. All of those qualities are really very important. It, it is a special time for us, and I know that the information that you guys provide is really important. 
Melinda, you have been with the county for a long time. Your leadership, I think, that you gained through the military has really served you well in your role. And you have been promoted. You're now the director of finance here for the county, which is a very important role. And you, I also, I ran into you in the parking lot sometimes, and I recently ran into you in the parking lot, and you told me that you had retired from your military service. And mm-hmm. I was, I was very, I was surprised by that. And I think you were surprised that it was as emotional as it was for you. Can you talk a little bit about your role and how your military service has brought you to this role and how are you feeling now that that is coming to an end? Yeah. Thanks, Helen, for having me on this podcast. And I often say when I started the county, it was in 1996, you know, I felt like I was just turned 30 and I'd been in the military for a little over six years. But by that time, I was actually uh, a Gulf War veteran. And the things that I have learned in the military, I totally contribute to my success here at Jefferson County. One of the things um, that I value is I take the Army's core values with me. Even as a kid, you know, I had certain values that, you know, my mom, you know, about being respectful and, you know, being a servant. But to really uh, walk that through the military, you know, being loyal, you know, duty, duty calls, respect for each other, selfless service, to serve with honor, integrity, and the personal courage. And I can truthfully say that those uh, traits have carried me through my career here. Um, I understand that even when when I was when I was hired out as a tax agent, I went out in a field and I would collect taxes. So you have to make sure that you are respectful to the clients, even though sometimes it might not be comfortable and that we are here for a service. And even though those were citizens that might have owed taxes, they were still who I was serving. So, you know, learning how to be a true servant is, is one of those things that I will forever be grateful for. I do know that um, I served 16 plus years on the enlisted side, and then I served 20 years as an officer, and I cherish both of them. On the enlisted side, I learned how to take care of soldiers because as a non-commissioned officer, that's what we're supposed to do. So I take that same sense and principle, and every job that I've had at the county, I want to take care of people. I want to take care of my staff. And I've learned how to do that. I mean, it's one thing to say you want to, but you have to learn. It's, it's a skill set. How do you really take care of the people that are on your team and that are in the, you know, and we would say in the military, we would say in the fight. And, then we, you know, we're in as a team here. And you have to be able to balance that. Balance it with, you know, making sure that everything is in order. The military is one of the greatest organizations of order I have witnessed on the earth because everything is done in order. So I take that and I, you know, I kind of tweak it some so that I can do my daily roles. And that has served me extremely well. And another thing that's really dear to me is personal courage. Sometimes um, we have to have the courage to speak up for others. You know, I like to say I want to be the person that gives a voice to those who don't have a voice 
or who voice is so faint that they can't even, you can't hear them. So right. that takes on courage because sometimes that puts you out front. And again, that takes us to being selfless servants. And I know you said earlier that, you know, it's a slight difference between the military and um, the county, but actually it's just being having a servant heart. So that is, that that's the same to me. Yeah. And I, you know, can I just tell you, I'm in awe at your military service. That's a lot. Oh, and thank you. Thank you so much for, for that service. You said goodbye to that part of military service and you're still with the county, but tell us, I mean, you had to fly somewhere and turn in your papers. Tell us a little bit about that process and how you felt afterwards. Oh, yes. Um, I, well, actually, let me back. I was supposed to retire January of uh, 2022. And so I didn't retire then. My term was extended so that I could at least um get 20 years as an officer. So my 20 years was actually in August. So I, mean, I knew it was coming, but uh, I was scheduled to try to fly out for some county business to a conference on Tuesday, on a Tuesday. And that Monday I received my official paperwork. I opened it and I saw how many years and I was like, Oh, wow. You know, like 36 years, 10 months, 26 days. And I was all, you know, I, I was on cloud nine. I was like, oh, you know, my mother, she was still here. She would be so happy. You know, my family is happy. And it wasn't until the next day, I always fly through TSA with my military ID whenever I travel. So when I booked my flight, I put my TSA number in there, my DOD number, and, and everything was fine. I got to the airport that morning. And once I got in line, I noticed that I didn't have TSA 8 on my boarding pass. So I asked the lady, she said, oh, you know, who are you flying with? I won't call the airline's name, but she was like, oh, they do that sometimes. Go back up to the counter. So I went back to the counter and they ran my ID and they said, Miss Parker, we can't find you. So at Uh that time, I knew that, oh, Lord, they have kicked me out the system. This is real. So I get I make it through security. And I'm running because they're calling my name out. I'm just an emotional basket case. And I sat on the plane and I just cried because I was like, oh, I'm not a soldier anymore. Yeah. And I, I, there was a lady once I unboarded, once we deboarded, I was crying some more tears. And she was next to me and she just said, are you okay? And I was like, no. And I went on to tell her. She smiled at me. And she said, oh, that's normal. My husband and I both uh, are retired. And she joked and she said, I didn't cry, but he did. But it was the reality of, you know, of all these years I've committed, you know, at least one weekend a month, you know, times, weeks during the summer. And my final job I had for the last five years was something I really enjoyed I was able to do like special investigations to help soldiers get their LODs and then train other soldiers. So I felt like I had found my place and that I was adding value. So, you know, for that chapter to come to an end for me, it it just, I just didn't think I was going to respond that way. But, you know, but I did. So, but I'm good now. I'm good now. 
Uh, but yes, I wouldn't trade my military experience for anything. And with, like I said, without a shadow of a doubt, that is the very thing that has actually, you know, projected my career to sit in a seat that I never would have dreamed that I would be able to sit in. You're of service to the citizens of Jefferson County with what you do in our Department of Finance. So um, we thank you for that. Thank very you. So let's turn to um, Mercy and Karen. We have a lot of employees who have been with the county 20 years, 30 years. They also have to prepare for retirement. I think it is an emotional decision in a way because they've been in in one place and so for so long and they they've seen so much. You know, if you've been here that long with the county, you've been through a lot. So can you talk about how you guys prepare um, an employee for that retirement situation? Thank you, Helen Hayes, for having Karen and I here on the call. And to you, Melinda Parker, I remember finding you here when I started. Thank you for serving the United States of America military and thank you for this nation. Uh, we're, We're really grateful to you. In answering Helen's question, we highly, highly recommend that employees who are considering retirement um, to contact us anywhere between 90 to 120 days, preferably 90 to 100 days, but I'll let Karen chime in more on that. However, I would like to recommend that as a team on the benefits team, we highly recommend employees to start taking advantage of the retirement seminars that are held annually And those are open to anybody close to retiring within two years of retirement. Um, It's important to go to at least one or two because a lot of valuable information is shared. And we just had one this week on Tuesday, the 17th. And people learned, people who learned that, oh, no, I have four more months to go as opposed to um, I could have left in, you know, October 30th. Or others learned that they need to work, you know, an extra couple more weeks to get where they need to be for benefits purposes, as well as their retirement check. So ideally, they need to um, attend one of the retirement seminars if then the um, retirement is in the in the horizon within one to two years. And then once they've narrowed it down, 90 to 120 days, reach out first to the pension office and then directly to human resources and then to HRS. And Karen will follow through with the details. Uh, Thank you, Helen, for having me. And Melinda, thank you so much for your service. Uh, I'd like to echo what Mercy has said. Um, I think uh, your career has been um, wonderful. I I enjoyed listening to what you had to say. And uh, I am just so much impressed with what you have done and what you have accomplished the 27 years that you have here with Jefferson County. Uh, So I uh, applaud you for that and for how how far you have uh, come. Um, I'd like to go ahead and uh, say that when you are preparing, so you do have your 27 years in, uh, it's a good time to start looking at the service years to make sure that uh, if there have been any breaks in service, you can check with your our HRIS department to uh, look at your uh, leave availability time, 
Uh, if there's uh, an abundance of leave time, you might be able to see if you qualify for any of the sick leave conversion programs. There are uh, three options, A, B, and C. Miss um, Watson uh, is the representative there. That's for, for you or any anyone who is considering retirement who might have an abundance of sick time available. The other reason is to Make sure that uh, if you're trying to go out with 30 years or more, or even if you have under 30 years and have to go, we have uh, the health insurance is based on age and years of service. And that determines what your premium would be for your health insurance. The dental and vision is going to be paid out at the premiums will be at the active rates. So um, it's, uh, important to know what your your service years are for your health insurance. If you will be um, retiring, you want to make sure that the open enrollment period that you elect the benefits that you want. So, for instance, I will be coming up on my retirement uh, next year. So I made sure that I have my premium dental and vision or the plans that I want set uh, for for the uh, deductions for premium for for retirement is uh, set how I want it, and then that way I will be able to take those uh, benefits and go head on and go with those. You want to submit your notice of retirement to your department first once you've got your information together from HRIS. And then once you call the pension office, you'll set your notice, your, your pension time, your appointment, and then you'll hang up from them and you would contact the benefits department so that you can schedule your appointments to, to have them on the same day to meet with us. Once you do that, you are good to go. If you are going on sick leave conversion, you would still just a month before you retire, you would meet with us with the pension office and meet with us on the same day. So um, we can make sure that your benefits are set for your pre-retirement, post-retirement. Yes, once you're armed with all that information, you're good to go there. Now, there is a, um, when you mentioned how you felt about the retirement, you know, not having your, your, your credentials to fly, and how you felt, <laughs> right. there is a uh, a component there where you'll probably feel, you know, some kind of way once you retire. We usually uh, sit down with the retiree once we're going over all the paperwork. And I like to take the time to uh, talk to them about what they're going to do next and all of that. Um, there is a, a preparation and mental preparation for finances and all of that. And we have uh, behavioral health systems. We have the EAP, the Employee Assistance Program, that's built in there that we, you know, recommend that you take advantage of where they can, you know, help you try to navigate what you're going to do after retirement or to prepare for retirement because everybody has, you know, different uh, things going on in their life. So uh, it, it can probably help you ease uh, into the idea that you are going to be retiring, but we do have people who are going to go find other work, part-time work or uh, volunteer or spend time with the grandkids or 
with, you know, do some traveling or, or what have you. But I do like to sit down and, and kind of get a feel of what they're doing and, and think about my own retirement as well, because I don't know, you know, what I'm going to be doing. But it is a big shock after you've worked for so long. And especially if you started working very young and all you know is is working and helping, you know, and our benefits team, us advisors, we call ourselves the caretakers. So we take care of our employees here on the job while they're working. We do way more than just the benefits. We take care of the retirees after they leave. Uh, they call us from time to time, you know, and check in. We check in on them. Even though you've got these 27 years, and I'm sure you might make it to your 30 or might stay a, a little longer, Melinda. Whenever you decide to go, you know, we will be here to take care of you, you know, <laughs> along the way. Thank just you. Just to add to that, Melinda, um, there are other benefits that um, once an individual retires, they are able to port. Again, this is um, a decision that individual uh, makes on their own. There's some of the life insurance uh, benefits uh, or that an individual may port. They will change from the term life to whole life. But this is information that we discuss with that individual retiree on the one-on-one um, that we have with them at that appointment that Karen was talking about after they leave the pension office. Usually the same day they come and meet with us. And then we discuss everything they need to do to know with regards to benefits um, before they leave, uh, including primary dependents that might need to remain on the insurance wow. once they hit 65 and are no longer eligible to continue on county coverage. If there are situations where there might be joint survivors, what they need to know about that in order to prepare as well. Right. And another thing, if the in preparation for retirement, if the uh, employee is already 65 or about to approach 65, um, we will make sure that uh, they need to come off of the insurance. So that's something to prepare for. If you are 65, you would need to have your Medicare already set up prior to leaving. Otherwise, we will give you a document to assist you with signing up for Medicare because you would not be able to stay on the health insurance. Your your dependents can stay on, uh, but you would have to come off and we would give you uh, information. But it, again, it's all individualized based on um, the retiree or the potential retiree's needs. Well, that it's a lot. Great that you guys kind of hold people's hand through that process. And you kept saying, Mercy, you know, we're good to go. We're good to go. None of y'all are good to go. None of y'all can go. <laughs> I just want to make sure nobody, nobody can go and leave me here doing this. Job. So, um, well, well, Helen, Karen is on a countdown. So that's why she yeah. said she has to go. And we're, we're sad about it. I'm particularly mm-hmm. sad about it, but you know, I hope she stays longer. Maybe we can convince her. I don't know. Maybe. We'll start working on that. Well, I want to thank all of you for what you do. Melinda, thank you for sharing your story. Valerie, thank you for the events for our veterans. Um, And Mercy and Karen, thank you for what you do and helping people with the transition. And I know you do a lot more than that, but that's just what we were talking about today. I want to thank everybody for joining and listening on this podcast for the people. 
If anybody has any ideas for future podcasts, you can email me. My email address is Hayes, H-A-Y-S-H, at jccal.org. And we will see you all next time on the Jefferson County Podcast for the People. Thank <laughs> you.